Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Case File 20 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode we're heading out on the seven seas as we examine the extraordinary tale of a man who spent six months as an effective hostage to a group of pirates. I phoned up Dr. Bernard Wolfe, an Oxford-educated psychiatrist who some years ago fell foul of a dreadful series of misfortunes. En route to a psychiatry convention in America, Dr. Wolfe's plane crashed in the sea near a tropical island. Although Dr. Wolf made it to land, this turned out to be a mixed blessing when it became clear that the island was part of territory controlled by a fearsome band of pirates. It's a story I'm sure many of us remember when it was in the news at the time, but in this exclusive interview of Dr. Wolf, I was able to ask in detail how on earth he managed to survive and what it was like trying to stay on side with a group of murderous buccaneers. Dr. Wolf explains how tense and dangerous the situation became, but the recording starts with me having asked the doctor for how long he has been a psychiatrist. Uh, I've been a psychiatrist since I was 13. My teachers at school couldn't believe uh, the brain that I had on me. And how did this, um, how did this manifest in the class? Uh, I caught the headmaster shagging the geography teacher. Right. And uh, I said, I think you two are having an affair. Mm. And uh, the headmaster went, right, you need to come into my office. And he went, how do we keep this quiet? I said, give me straight A's. He went, you're 12. Anyway, I went to Oxford when I was 13. And uh, it took a while uh, getting used to the colleges. And And to uh, fit in, because, of course, your grades have been inflated. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm thick. That is the problem. So uh, they were looking at me going, well, this guy must be a genius. He can't do the exams, but he can see, uh, you know, amazing things with clarity. And then when did you start um, practising this? When did it start becoming theoretical and you started actually um, helping people out? Uh, Well, I got my degree when I was uh, 17. Mm. Uh, I got my PhD when I was uh, 19. I was very quick on that. How did you achieve those, given your, as as you claimed yourself, you're not quite as academically gifted as perhaps people might think? I, I I remember I was walking past one of the colleges and I saw uh, the Don uh, having an affair right. with um, one of the uh, one of the psychiatry uh, professors, yeah. and so I poked my head in the window and they went, "Ah, we've got a problem here." So they went, "Right, what did you see?" I told them very clearly in detail because I'm not blind. No, and they went, "Right, what do you want?" I said, "I want a PhD." So, 20 years old, I opened my first psychiatry ward. Impressive stuff at such an early age. I mean, yes, mostly... a ward. I mean, most people would start with a little shop, you know, or just, you know, a settee in a park, something like that. I went full on ward. And were you worried? Because obviously a lot of your skills and accolades have come based on you being a fortunate peeping Tom. How did the first few patients that you treated at your psychiatry ward fare? 
Not great. I have to put my hands up and say that. I remember one bloke. Uh, he, he, um, he, uh, he, 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 um, he. Did you make any mistakes <laughs> early on? Yeah. Oh, well, again, I'm not going to lie to you um, because they're all on public record uh, and you can find them for free of charge through the courts. Yeah. Uh, a chap thought. Now, I'll never forget this guy. His name was Liam and uh, he believed he was Jesus Christ. Right. Now, I... This is quite common. Now, I knew a chap in uh, Bristol... Yeah. ...who also believed he was Jesus Christ. Right. And there's another... Uh, there's another lady uh, in Manchester... Yeah. ...who believes uh, she is... Jesus Christ. The, yeah. The incarnate. Yeah. Now, I... Uh, I thought it'd be interesting... As a case study to get them all in the room. <laughs> really? This sounds really dangerous. Unfortunately, that wasn't the dangerous bit. My uncle, Kevin, he's got a dog. And this dog, he swears, is the devil, this thing. So I thought, let's get them all in a room. So you want to get the three people that thought they were Jesus and then... Get them in a room. Get them in a room. I, I really believe the key to psychiatry is get them in the room. You know, ring, ring. Yes. I've got a bloke here who thinks, you know, uh, he's pretty sure he's made a cheese. I don't want to hear about it, mate. I want to see the guy. Get him in my room. Do you understand? Yeah. Um, that is what, that is my phrase. Get them in yeah, my I room. There's a distinction between first-hand analysis, as you say, with your own eyes and being in the room, being able to talk to someone, and then just randomly getting three people with the same condition in the room to see what would happen. Well, what, and what did happen? They were fine until the dog turned up. Right. You know, they were getting on fine. But I, st- I stood there as well. I said, hello, guys. I didn't introduce them like, you all think you're Jesus. I just went, hello, guys. Uh, let me just uh, get some snacks. Yeah. So I went and got some crisps. Thai chilli. Stuff like that. Yeah, we don't... Came back. I said, all right, what's happened here? Because all of a sudden, they were all stood in the corners of the room. Do you know what I mean? They'd spread out. And I was like, right. I think they might have had a conversation. <laughs> so I had to go in and go, look, guys, um, what happened here? And they went, you know what happened here. I was like, ah, yeah, I do. That's why I've got you all together. So they went, right, well, which one do you think it is? When you had to do what you had to guess who the real Jesus was. Yeah, they went, come on then. I went, well, I don't know how to do that, but I've got a dog here that's going to go mad at whoever's the real one. <laughs> right, because you thought he was the devil incarnate. So I, I went out to the van, got the dog, put the dog in the room, yeah. and went, you know, fight who's the real one. You know what this dog did? Took the crisps, ran off. I want to sort of, um, although you're sort of known for being a psychiatrist, I want to sort of talk about the incident. Yes, that thank you. Appreciate that, yes. You you were flying. Let's start, let's start from the start. You were flying to a psychiatry convention in America, is that right? Yes, I was. I was speaking in Las Vegas. I was invited out there. For a princely sum, I'm not doing it for free, of course. And so you're quite well respected in the psychiatry community, despite. Oh, they love me. They love I, me. I don't mean to be rude here. Sound, sound a bit like a fraud. Well, that was never proven. That um, look, people are intrigued by me. A lot of people go down the route of studying for years. You know all that crap. They love my, like I said, my catchphrases. Get me in the room. Yeah. Is it true, though? Stuff like that, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Really nailed that. You know, people, they, they can't believe the kind of stuff I say. Well, nor can I, because it sounds like you're dealing with people that, that are struggling with quite difficult <laughs> mental illnesses. Yes, yes, and, yes. And you yes. just continuously go, is it true, though? Doesn't is it sound true? to well, my ears. Look, I, of course, 99% of the time they say, yeah, it's true, that's why I'm here. Mm. 
that's when I'm in trouble because right, right. you know if if they said turn the page after that what have you got it's blank I've got nothing my notebook is get him in the room page two is it true page three to I don't know how long this notebook is about 90 pages that's blank yeah page 91 I was doodling but you're basically saying is your, your plan is to get to get people A get people in the room and then B question their <laughs> their core ring um, ring 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 hello I've got a problem I need to see you in he comes is it true and then you know <laughs> hopefully he says no Pray and he goes, nah, and wind you up. That's the dream. And so you'd been invited at, at considerable cost to fly over to Las Vegas and impart this wisdom on psychiatry at the convention there. But you didn't, you didn't make it, did you? No, the plane went down, sadly. Mm. Um, absolute, you know, nightmare. Really uh, one of the worst moments of my life, that. And can I you was, just sort uh, of talk, talk us through it? You're there, what, you're cruising at a normal altitude? What, what went wrong? Yeah, I just I just presumed it was turbulence until uh, uh, we, well, my feet were wet. And um, <laughs> right as you crashed you crashed into the sea. And were there any other survivors? Uh, there were. Yeah, uh, well, there were. I mean, sounds quite ominous. Well, I swam. I'm a good swimmer. Uh, mm. Six hundred meter when I was thirteen. I've got the badge. Always pinned quite, to my quite, breath. Quite a busy uh, year for you when you were thirteen. Because I was going to be obviously an Olympian swimmer. But then, you know, I'm walking past, after swimming, uh, the store cupboard. Yeah. I see my teachers. And then next thing you know, hey, presto. You're at Oxford. I'm running a psych ward of 500 inmates. <laughs> inmates. <laughs> and you're there on what? A sort of um, tropical island? How would you describe it? Yeah. I guess, are you able to use your own skills to, to stop yourself uh, bowing to the pressure, I guess? This enormous pressure of being so isolated. Well, be frank with me. Are you saying, was I lonely? Yeah. I was scared. So talk us through those sort of first few nights then. What do you do? You try and construct some shelter? What, what do you live off? How are you coping on this island? Uh, well, do you know uh, sand sculptures? Yeah. I, uh, I have always loved them. And do you know what? I've always thought it can't be... You're going to say you've built yourself a house out of sand? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. OK, no, sorry, no, my mistake. No, no, no. It was more more like a bungalow, really. I suppose it's probably <laughs> easier, given, given the height and sand, probably. Uh, I, I did try and make a uh, second floor, but that, right. that was a nightmare. I just had to make do with a, uh, a loft conversion. And, yeah, right. Uh, lovely conservatory, actually. You know, glass is made out of sand if you really press it together hard enough. Yeah, I mean, you so, have quite uh, some force there. You, you have quite a big grip to, <laughs> to do that, haven't you? Oh, yeah, well, I have. Right. So I, uh, I made a lovely little greenhouse outside the back of the house. Mm. And uh, uh, what did you, did you grow anything in the greenhouse? What, what was there to eat on the island? Just coconuts, I guess. Were there berries? Yeah, berries, uh, coconuts. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd also weirdly, I, um, I don't, I, there was a. You know, when I fly in a private jet, I always take the snacks. Sure. And uh, I had uh, taken, you know, it's quite posh. They give you, like, sunflower seeds with a, a G and T. I don't know. Anyway, I'd put loads of uh, sunflower seeds mm. in my uh, in my blazer pocket. Yeah. And uh, one day, I just left it in the greenhouse. Beautiful sunflowers. Like a yeah, I'm talking about what you ate. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't eat anything. I was very hungry. Now, you were alone on this island. Well, I'm going to say alone, because, of course, it turned out ultimately that you weren't. But how long did you go without company for in this sort of um, sand bungalow? I, I, I think it was about nine days. Mm. Uh, later, I found out it was uh, 12 weeks. Um, right. 
how were you keeping track of the time then? Uh, well, there was a um, uh, a boat that went past every uh, basically when the sun was at its highest point. Mm. Midday. And, uh, yeah, but, well, but, yeah, I realised, hang on a minute, that means it's midday. So, uh, I didn't need the boat. Yeah, but you did need the boat because you're stranded on a desert island. No, no, no. I, it was too far away to call. I did shout out a few times. I was right. waving. I was putting stones on the floor, SOS, all that. Yeah. But uh, boats famously look across. They don't look down. A word of advice for anyone who maybe gets trapped on a desert island. Yeah. Putting stones in an SOS on the sand is only good for planes. Yeah, you need Boats a, you, can't see that thing. You need a sort of 90 degrees. Yeah, so what I did was I burned trees that said SOS. Yeah. Um, hoping, the, you know, hoping the bloody uh, ship would see that. But, you know, if you set fire to a tree and try and make it stay as an S... Yeah. It don't do that, it just burns up as a tree. So, uh, apparently, I spoke to the captain of the ship a few years ago on a podcast, and um, he <laughs> yeah. said uh, he said it just looked like there was a bushfire. So, if anything, they avoided the area. And this ship, could you describe it to us? Was it a sailing ship? Was It a- It was a wooden boat. It was like mm. something you'd see out of, like, a kid's uh, novel back from, yeah. you know, the Victorian era. Do you know what I mean? Treasure Island. Yes, something like Treasure Island. Yeah, uh, the back of the uh, the back of the boat had a wonderful glass uh, kind of bay window. Yeah, uh, masts, huge flags, and a sure. massive black flag with a bone and arrows. <laughs> a bone and arrows. A bone and arrows. Yeah, right. yeah. So I don't know what's going on here. I, I, <laughs> I ignore it for for about two days. I ignore it, yeah. but. Over the course of those days, this boat gets closer and closer. And uh, as it gets closer, of course, I can see more things. I can see, uh, you know, a crew running around. Yeah. I see a powder monkey running up and down uh, ladders. Just for the uninitiated, what is it, what's a powder monkey? Someone who sort of provides gunpowder for the cannons? Yeah, a little boy, usually. Right. Because uh, they can get in and out of the, uh, the cannon. The, they don't physically get in the cannon, do they? <laughs> this one did. Right. I, honestly, I'm looking at him thinking, where is he going? In the cannon. It was only on the, uh, what day was it? I think it was a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. That I realised what he was doing, because next thing I knew, this kid was flying towards me. Right. So, anyway... He flies straight through the greenhouse. Yeah. Um, so I'm sweeping up the mess, thinking this is, you know, he, he arrives like Superman, you know, because a kid just lying there. So I said, right, who are you? He went, I'm from that ship. They've spotted you through a telescope or something. Yep, you've been spotted, and we want to know about you, and you probably want to know about us. I was like, mm. I, could, I couldn't give a shit about you, lot, to be honest. I've got a lot to do here. I'm trying to get home. <laughs> yeah, uh, you didn't think they might be able to assist in that. <laughs> No, they were going the wrong way. They were going the wrong way. Right. They were going towards Las Vegas, right. and I'd uh, I'd missed my I, I presumed I'd missed my slot. So um, the kid then swims back. He's amazing, this kid. And the ship moors on the uh, on the beach there. Yeah. And um, well, that that's where the story really starts. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Talk us through then your first encounter with what sounds like actual pirates. I'm guessing you got on reasonably well with the captain, given that you said just a moment ago you had a, you you were in a podcast with him a few months ago. Yeah, we did a reunion. Uh, hadn't spoken to him since uh, since I'd seen him on the boat, so it was uh, it got spicy. It got spicy. What was the captain's name? Captain River. Captain River. Captain River. He had a uh, he had a parrot on his left shoulder, and that parrot was fantastic. Why was the parrot so agreeable? Blue jokes, very blue jokes. I'm not going to repeat them. I'm sure this <laughs> right. is a family show, but that thing yeah. filthy. Um, but yeah, he came down. He had two uh, two wooden legs, mm-hmm. and uh, he got stuck in the sand. So I made a run for it. You were concerned uh, at this point for your life. I guess you would be. Yeah, he had a gun. He had a gun. He had a parrot. Uh, you know, it's a classic kind of uh, pirate. So I made a run for it into the jungle. I thought, I, I'm a dead man here. They'll take me for all my money. I've got a bit of cash on me. Mm. They'll want the bungalow. They'll want the greenhouse. I, I need to run. So I, I, I went into the jungle and I just started running. Scared for your life? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I was caught about a minute later. They'd obviously surrounded the uh, perimeter. And I was dragged onto the uh, what was, as I uh, got closer and closer, a pirate boat. And uh, as you get closer, what, you notice more details? There was a, a beautiful feast, actually, on, on, on the deck. A yeah. feast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, chicken and, uh, you know, a really good spread. I, have to, I, I do have sure. to say that. And also, uh, you haven't eaten for some time now. Oh, I know. I mean, I, I, as I was walking past, I tried to uh, skim a uh, roast potato. But, um, well... That's when they handcuffed me and blindfolded me and, and threw me into a cell below yes. deck. So you're in the brig of this pirate ship, and, uh, well, how do you get out? Do you start making use of your, of your skills? Well, the great thing about psychiatry is that I basically have the keys to the human mind. Now, <laughs> Do you? For anyone you cheated on all your qualifications. <laughs> well... Well, your strategy appears to be a get people in the room and b ask them if their <laughs> if their beliefs aren't true. Yes, and I've I've not made any. Uh, I didn't get my the results through good means. Sure, but, but you've got the, you've got the keys to the human mind. I have the keys to the human mind, mm. and I don't care what you say about any criminal. I don't care what you say about a pirate. I don't care what you say about your mum. Listen to me when I say this. They're all human beings. And how did having the keys to the human mind give you the keys to the actual brick? I was handcuffed, I was gagged, blindfolded, yep. and I was thrown in by the barrels of what I later found out was brandy. A chap called Roger, uh, he was a pirate, I'd say uh, 17 years old, uh, wanted to make a name for himself. He came down to give me a good kicking. 
He said he'd been sent down by the captain to make sure I didn't get any sleep. I said to him, well, I tore the, uh, I managed to get the, the gag out. And I said, look, I don't know who you are, pal, but you want to beat up a man on the seven seas. At least make it a fair fight and untie my arms. Now, I didn't think he'd do that, but he did. Sure. And then I said, uh, I said, brother, you want to make this a fair fight, don't you? You don't want to beat up a, a bloke who can't see. On the seven seas. On the seven seas? Let me see you. <laughs> he took my blindfold off. I thought, this is going really well. Doesn't sound like you need a, a degree in psychiatry to out with this particular individual, but um, it, yeah, things are going swimmingly so far. So, you know, I'm free now. Yeah. I'm completely naked and I'm free. Don't know when you got naked, but let's just, let's just carry on with the story. So you're there, about to engage in hand-to-hand combat with this, uh, this young lad, 17. <laughs> yeah, and I said, I said to him, brother, brother, make this a fair fight. You've got to get naked as well, son. And he went, the thing is, we don't get naked on pirate ships. Right. I've never seen a naked person on a pirate ship apart from you. And I went, well, do you think the gang will like it up there? And he went, if you went up there naked, I can't honestly tell you, I don't know what's going to happen. You're either going to be a hero and they'll think you're funny and they're going to love you, or you're going to be dead within 10 seconds. Now, I thought, this is my chance. I'm willing to take that risk. So I said, pal... Roger, if I may, because that was on his name badge. Name badge? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, they've got name badges. They don't show that on films. I'm going to go up on deck, and I'm just going to see what happens. And what did happen? Uh, well, I went up there. Like I said, they're having a big old meal. This you know, naked man just walks out of the uh, where I've been uh, kept captive. They all spun round, turn round. All the, they dropped the cutlery, plates. Well, it was the best night of my life. Ah! Right, because... They gave me uh, they gave me a toga to wear. Uh, they, they gave me loads of booze. And, so uh, why? Because you... because They, they just couldn't believe uh, that I, I'd had the audacity to do it. So what I did was I set up a small uh, ward in the back. And what I realised was there was a horrible, horrible culture of toxic masculinity on the pirate ship. <laughs> on the pirate ship, was there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really bad. Okay. Uh, they, they you all... sit about correcting that. Yeah, I said we all need to just chill out a little bit. But also a bit more respectful towards women. Well, yes, but the truth is the only uh, woman that these blokes had met was their mothers, basically. And so I organised a small trip to um, the Bahamas. And this was a trip? It didn't become a, a sort of raid? A pirate raid? Yeah, I did. It, oh, yeah, well, that's the problem. I mean, I realised... Uh, I don't know if there's anyone listening who might be running a, a school for uh, pirates or anything like that. But Do get in touch if you are. If you are ever taking pirates out on like, a day trip to the seaside or maybe a theme park, they will... Uh, raid it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's in their blood. And as I was saying to uh, one of the... Um, what of the police at the time. I said, they can't help it. They, they can't help it. You've got to let them do this. Just goods or people as well? Yeah, but they nicked a few people. The problem with when you just steal someone is that you don't actually know if they could company. They they took about ten people uh, on the boat, and we were in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and three of them were the most boring people I've ever met in my life. Like yeah. They're just banging on about... It's, quite a nice break really from their life because they don't they never thought this would happen i was like of course you didn't think this would happen you're in the middle of a pirate ship at least scream or something they're like no this is mad just you wait till i get home and tell my she won't believe where i've been i'm like 
Christ oh my, oh. You found these three individuals to be quite insufferable company. And, and what did you do? You made them walk the plank? Did you just sort of put up with it? I put all three of them on the plank, and I said, uh, decide amongst yourselves which one goes first. That was a bad idea, because they just basically stayed there for the old voyage. and then <laughs> just divvered. Yeah. You ever seen anyone divver on a plank? It's, um, it's hard to watch, actually. Uh, ten days they were dithering. Ten days. I, I was looking at them going, one of you decide. But what they'd realised was by the time they got to land, they could all just jump off and make a sure. run for it. You've taken them back to where? Sort of this pirate island? What is it? What, what did the sort of pirate base look like? I'm guessing like a big sort of skull cliff dynamic. Yeah, the, the island that the uh, pirates lived on, which again, they allowed me to set up a small office and, uh, and again... Ward. I, uh, a ward, yes. <laughs> it was, a, you know, it was a shed, really. But, uh, you know, I'd set up a little news agent, uh, taught them how to be, a, you know, just the basics of life, uh, yeah. W.H. Smith, things like that. <laughs> you had a psychiatry ward and a news agent. Well, so the island is shaped like a uh, skull and crossbones. So at one end of a bone was W.H. Smith. Yeah. I had my office at the uh, bottom right uh, bone, <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. I think I've got you so far, yep. So there's, you know, and they're one-way streets, see, so you can't... Um, what do you mean they're one-way streets? But they're, they're straight lines. How do you get back round to the... If you if you miss Smiths... Yes. How do you get back towards the centre of the island? Yeah, well, that's the problem. So I built, and I don't know if you're aware that you're talking to the man that did this, but right. I built a bypass across the... Uh, uh, cross bones right so uh, so either end of the bones so it was basically a sort of a, almost a figure of eight a, like an infinity symbol I suppose wow but if you miss Smith you could drive round and come all the way back to it oh I love that I love that I can't wait to tell them what that is it's an infinity <laughs> yeah, symbol correct that, that, there's a lot of concepts to unpack in that <laughs> description yeah, yeah I mean they're, they're, they're gonna guys you know, do you know what a lot is well imagine a lot more than that and there's a symbol for that and that's our map yeah, yeah. Why is it a one-way street? Because of traffic. Well, no. The idea was that they they wanted it to be like a plank, right? Like you could, you like you know, you walk off a plank, you never come back, apart from those lads. I mean, nightmare those three. Yeah. So the idea was, you know, at the end of the skull, it was like you know a symbol that you never came back. Sure. Uh, but you know, obviously that was annoying if you just went down for some milk at the newsagent, and then you were like, well. What do I do here? But then you built this bypass, you could get round to the other... Yeah, I built the bypass, then you could go back round my office. Two bypasses, office or, I suppose. Uh, two bypasses, yep. So you, you're already having, let's call it a positive impact on this pirate island. Really positive. Really positive. And are you helping them out with their attitudes, their behaviours? Yeah, yeah. Is it all plain sailing? Do some of them take issue with what you're trying to do? How you're transforming the crew of these? Yeah, well, the issue of when you when you turn up naked to a party and for a brief second people aren't sure what to make of you, but then the majority think it's the best thing they've ever seen and want to have a party with you, is that there is a minority that think it is a trick and it is mutiny. Mm. A lot of people thought that I wanted to take the captain's job. Sure. Uh, that wasn't true at all, you know. I just wanted to get to Las Vegas. Um, it was a difficult time, especially with a couple of the crew members. Uh, their, their names were... What were they called? Uh, there was a, a chap called Plug. Plug? Yeah. Yeah. And there was a chap called Dennis. Dennis and Plug. 
<laughs> Plug and Dennis. Yeah. Plug and Dennis. They take an issue. They they were they were sort of regular crewmates in on the pirate boat. Uh, Plug and Dennis were two sailors. They were chefs, mm. and they uh, they worked very hard. And also, they felt they were a bit out of it. Like they were always stuck in the kitchen when things were kicking off. <laughs> what do you mean when things were kicking off? So what? The pirate boats at battle, but they're still making a meal. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, uh, you know, I mean, uh, filo pastry. You can't buy filo pastry on a pirate ship, so you have to make it, annoyingly. That's the one thing they said to me. They went, the one thing we miss? Just buying filo pastry. What is that? It's just a difficult-to-make pastry. Oh, it's a nightmare to make. But, right. you know, even people like Ramsay buy it off the shelf. It's as good as making it. So um, they plug and Dennis, nightmare working in the kitchens. and uh, But they take they direct that frustration towards you. Well, they saw me as someone that was coming in. And, as a usurper. Uh, yeah, and, well, later did I find out they were trying to take over the captain's job as well. Right. So they saw me as a big obstacle in the way. Uh, and I was. <laughs> what happened initially? Like, Plug and Dennis let you go, but were there sort of attempts at, at what, at night to try and attack you, to kill you? They they took Coco around uh, every night. Coco? Yes. You know. What, what's that? What's Coco? Oh, is it in, like, the, the bean chocolate well yeah it's bean powdered down with milk and then it's cocoa i mean man alive you'd lost two seconds on the ship i've got to say that (laughs) i mean that's probably fair they would always bring around some nice cocoa and i remember the uh the captain he was stood on the deck and he uh he looked down at us and we were all getting off to sleep and he went um did you sleep on the deck yeah yeah he kind of he went how still the night is yeah nothing sounds alive Right. Now is the time when the children are asleep. Yeah. Is this is this weird? Their cheeks, bright brown, with the good night chocolate crumbs. You're all in. You're all in beds on the deck, housed in securely. In with their the captain above you, doing a little lullaby to set you to set you off to sleep. What do you yeah. do with the What do you do with the beds in normal operation? Because presumably the deck <laughs> has sails and cannons. What do you do? You clean away the beds in the morning and get the cannons back out. You can't sail at night because there's a load of beds all over the deck with the captain rocking you gently off to sleep. Yes. So you move all yeah. you move all the beds in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Move all the beds. Six yeah. a.m. They don't show that on the films. They always no. show pirates running round. And where do they bloody sleep? On the deck, with the beds! But surely under, underneath the deck? No, no, no. Lies, lies. Absolute lies. What Believe about hammocks me. and stuff? Believe me! What's inside a pirate boat? Uh, treasure! There's treasure inside, there's a deck on top for the beds <laughs> and the cannons, and there's also somewhere amongst the treasure a brig and a kitchen. Yes. Yes. Right. So, you, so you're, you're going, you've you've been you've been put to bed by the put to bed by the captain. He's sung a little lullaby. Yeah. But what you notice that Plug and Dennis are up to something uh, a bit suspicious. Well, the idea is then Plug and Dennis sing a lullaby to the captain because someone has to get him to sleep. Right. And that's that's what annoyed them as well because no one was there to sing them a lullaby. Yeah. So they always just had to fall asleep. Normally. <laughs> yeah, normally, and they hated that. They hated falling asleep normally. They wanted someone to sing to them. Anyway, so I was just drifting off Captain's beautiful voice in my ears. I looked up at his silhouette and I saw Plug and Dennis uh, singing to him. But he went down really quick. Like, I saw him take a sip of his cocoa and he just went down. Sure, he'd been poisoned. 
Yeah, well, I, I presume so. I then saw Plug and Dennis scamper up to the uh, the wheel. Mm. And I thought, ah, whilst everyone is asleep, the chefs are at play. Right. I tiptoed my way through their beds. I uh, ran up the ladder. Which ladder? Uh, the one on the left. Right. T- towards the wheel or up the crow's towards nest? Towards the wheel. Right, okay. So you're making your way towards Plug and Dennis. Yeah. I, uh... I look through the glass. What glass? They're, they're in the, like a little. Uh, no, but the wheel, the wheel, the wheel's on the on the on the t- top deck, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but it's like a little pope mobile kind of thing. Right. Like uh, it's protective glass, in case like during battle anyone tries to shoot the captain. Yeah. Now they can see me <laughs> looking through yeah, the glass. glass. So Plug and Dennis have become aware of your actions to try and put a stop to whatever they're doing. Plug, uh, Dennis has got the wheel. Plug has got a gun. Bang! Straight through the glass at me. Sure. The, the glass shatters, but it does save me. The, the, the glass smashing, psh, it wakes everyone up. Apart from the captain, he's knocked out, he's poisoned. Yeah. I uh, fling myself overboard. Uh, <laughs> Do you? No, no, not, on, not into the sea, just on the deck. Oh, onto the deck below, yeah. Yeah. Uh, amongst company, amongst the, 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 the crew now now awake. Yeah, I, I, I'm screaming, mutiny, mutiny, uh, plug and dance to try and steal the ship. I run up the uh, mast. Crow's nest. And I did what I, uh, what I, what, all I know, all I've known since I was 13. Like mm. I said, I've got the keys, maybe not to the ship. But to the human mind. But to the human mind. How did that play out? Well, I've got a megaphone. Wait, what do you mean you've got a megaphone? Oh, you know, I fashioned a megaphone out right. of, uh, well, I don't know, Paper. jazz mag that was a... You meant a, a, a sort of cone with one end open. Yes, uh, yeah, a cone with one end open, yeah, yeah. Well, both ends open. Well, yes, both ends were open, yes. Uh, there was a smaller end and a bigger end. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah otherwise, it's just a hat. A hat? If, if only one end was open, it would be a hat. Yeah, I didn't put a hat on. No. I made a cone with yeah. a small end. We're and getting big bogged end. down in, in minor details and we Spoke are. We do need the to small wrap this up. Out, out, out of the big end, it just yeah. went. It got louder. Look, can we all just cast the fuck down? They all looked up ah! and I went, Let bygones be bygones. Chill, brothers. Chill. How did the crew react to that? Uh, they killed Plug and Dennis. <laughs> yep. Uh, smelling salts under the nose of uh, the captain. He uh, he took on a huge... He thought there were more people involved in it than there were. He culled 50 of the, uh, the crew. <laughs> he, he, just, he just woke up and started shooting. <laughs> yeah, he went mad. Because right. he thought everyone was in on it. Uh, I thought I'd stay up in the crow's nest until we maybe got to land. Yeah, let it play out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, about a week later, I scampered off. I thought, you know what? I won't say my goodbyes. I'll just... I'll go. Quietly exit. I uh, I got off... I got a flight from... Uh, where were we? I got a flight from uh, JFK into Heathrow. Very good. About eight hours solid. Wind behind us. Uh, yeah, so I flew back home. And, uh, you know, yeah. what a mad six months of my life that was. <laughs> what a mad six months. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're sort of pressed for time, but any sort of lasting memories of it? Do you miss your time amongst the pirates? Oh, great question. Great question. Do I miss it? Do I miss the bonhomie? Mm. Do I miss the uh, camaraderie? Yeah. No. Right. They're absolute bastards. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, Dr. Bernard Wolf, thank you very much for joining us. Oh, it's been a pleasure. And, uh, you know, remember, there's two rules to psychiatry. Get in my room and... Is it true, though?
But is it true, though? Well, that's all we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams, and the theme tune was by Nikki Green. This is the last one we're going to do for a little while, because we need to catch up on some other projects. But follow our Twitter account, at Fun for details of other stuff, and hopefully news of when we're doing live gigs at some point in the future. If you've enjoyed these last 20 episodes, please leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, something like that. Tell a friend about it, tweet about it, whatever. Either way, thanks for listening, and catch you next time on Microscope. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.